no one ever deserves to be used by God, that's for sure. Not God, you don't earn it. You know, like it's the favor of God. But there are things, hear me though, the other side of that is, but there are things that make people distinctly usable. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Uh, We love doing this. And I'm Bill Eloff, Kyle Reno here. And uh, we're in the beginning of a, of a series that, that we're really excited about because our great longing is for revival and awakening. But God always uses men and women in that. Right. And, and Kyle, there's some things that have got to be built into right. a person to be usable. Yeah, no doubt. And, and just character traits. You're, you're telling me about one of your boys you're working on a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Try to bring right. him around. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I love your stories about raising kids. And yeah. so, and God's raising kids. Yeah, you know, he's we're ra- all kids. We're all kids. He's raising us. But I have one of my sons who will rena- remain nameless. Let's do yeah, it that way. It's yeah. Kind. That's kind of. Yeah. That uh, he's got this tendency that's been playing out that no matter what meal we're having, uh, his, his natural response, his first response is, well, I don't want that. You know, like, I don't want yeah. that. <laughs> he's not, he's showing no gratitude for yeah. whatever it is. So, I had me a little heart to heart with him yeah. the other day around that. Explain the way of God more fully. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. he once he had said something about his mom's okay. cooking, I was like, uh, uh-uh, come here. Yeah. yeah. So I said, hey, listen, this is the way this is going to go. Um, from now on, no matter what meal you're being served, uh, you're going to be grateful for it. You know, and you're not going to have uh, this response to whatever it is. So if you just have to be quiet, son, mm-hmm. just be quiet. And be grateful for a meal that's been provided for you. Yeah. So I mean, he listened and heard it. So the next yeah. morning, I get up and I, I hear them starting to get up. So I, before I leave, go to work. I say I'm gonna make them a bowl of cereal, some cinnamon toast crunch. So I lay out the cinnamon toast crunch, and the herd comes in. You know, four boys <laughs> and JoJo don't she don't roll in yet like that, but the four boys do, and they roll in and start eating. Well, he eats his breakfast and doesn't say a word. You know, I think, hey, when it, to way to go, buddy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be the dad that circles around, you know, and encourages yeah. him. Like, I say, Discipling hey, moment. Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, I just want to tell you something. I noticed what you did this morning, that you didn't, you know, you didn't grumble or complain about the cinnamon toast crunch. And he looks up into my eyes, Bill, and says, <laughs> well, I've been sitting here having an argument in my mind the whole time with you. <laughs> I was almost to say, hey, Dad, don't be too proud. <laughs> I'm still in progress. So the character's coming, but it's not coming as you think it is. He took a step. It, yeah. We're just not all the way there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, you look at the Scripture, and you see that, I mean, every man or woman of God that God uses in a way to change the world was radically imperfect, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they were in process, mm-hmm. that they were people. And so today I want us to look at Noah. And, and, and we know about Noah, man, you've heard the stories. If you, even if you grew up in church or not, you've probably heard about the dude that built the ark and saved the animals and spared his family through his leadership and honestly redeemed a remnant of mankind in the midst of destruction. But my question is before building the ark, and as I started thinking about this series, is why, what made God decide to choose him? When he looked across the face of the planet, why pick out Noah? Was there like a random lottery in heaven? You know, like, let's just take who's out there and see who we can pick to do this so we redeem a remnant. 
And I found, well, that wasn't the reason at all. It's not merely by chance who God chooses to use that helps see the world change. No one ever deserves, I'm going to get this out, blanket statement. Like No one ever deserves to be used by God, that's for sure. Like, you don't earn it. You know, like It's the favor of God. But there are things, hear me though, the other side of that is, but there are things that make people distinctly usable. There are things that make people distinctly usable by God. And Noah was that kind of guy. He was that kind of man. So listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. It says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah, three statements really about him. Noah was a righteous man. Blameless in his generation, Generation, Noah walked with God. Man, come on. You talk about that's a three-part series in itself. So let's unpack those statements a little bit. Noah was a righteous man. Now, righteousness means many things, but most basically, let me just say this, it means that he lived rightly, that he lived rightly. Now, we know Noah wasn't perfect, but the only person that ever pulled that off was Jesus. But when God looked down on planet Earth, he found a man, and I want to simplify this, he found a man that was doing it right. He found a man. When he looked down, he saw Noah. And, and, and hey, Noah had missteps, failures, flaws, all those things. But when he looked comprehensively at Noah's life, he said, Noah's doing it right. That was based out of Noah's devotion to the one true God. And out of that devotion to the one true God, he did things differently. That Noah, hear me now, Noah's righteousness made him radically distinct. It, it made him stand out. And I just heart to heart here for a second uh, in our culture, our time. And I want to say in the culture of the church, I think we have lost uh, this longing or I think we've lost even looking for this in people that we would go, man, that dude, you know, he just lives different. He, he's just distinct because of his actions, his attitude and who he is. When one separates himself, hear me now, when one separates himself or herself from sinful practices playing out in everyday life, they set themselves apart for the Lord. When they set, when they live a certain way, God sees it and says, I see that. I can use that. I can use that kind of person. One of my favorite passages that's a, that's a prayer card for me, honestly, that I ask the Lord to keep doing in me is 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21. It says, now in a great house, it gives this illustration. Now in a great house, they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some, hear me now, some for honorable use, some from dishonorable. What makes those two kinds of instruments different? Well, this is it. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel of honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. You ready for this? Bottom line. When, some, when someone lives righteously, they're the right kind of person for God to pick. When someone sets themselves apart to the Lord that tries by God's grace and for us in the new covenant by the power of the Holy Spirit that they strive to live a life that is set apart to the Lord, God says, I see that and I can use them. I can use them. So hear me, it's not a random pick. God really sees. 
God really sees who we are. He sees every aspect of it. Second part it says about him, he is blameless in his generation. Blameless in his generation. Meaning this, those that were closest to him, and even God himself saw that he was different. (laughs) That he was blameless in his generation. It's an awesome thing when those that know you best admire you most. It's an awesome thing when those that know you best admire you most. And God knew him really good. And his generation did. Generation was that they might not have liked Noah in, in the sense that he didn't follow them in their sinful practices, but they knew, hear me now, they knew that he lived above the line. That there was something about Noah because of his devotion to God that, that led him to live differently. In the New Testament, it speaks about this kind of leader too. 1 Timothy 3.1, therefore an overseer must be above reproach. Above reproach, meaning that, hey, listen, nobody's perfect and everybody's got things that you can see or be found in their life, but there should be such a life and a, such a way of living that, that people are above reproach. I mean, you, you, can, you can know me and know every aspect of who I am, and while I'm imperfect, there's still something that's distinguished me, that's distinguished us. God's not playing games with his purposes. God's not playing games with his purposes, and he's looking for men and women who he can entrust his work to in the world, not perfectly, but in radical pursuit. When God wanted someone to build an ark, he picked the guy that was blameless. When God was looking for someone to build the ark, he picked a guy that was blameless. And I, I mean this. I want to circle back around to this. I think we've really lost this. <laughs> I think I, 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 I live in a, you know, in a pastor's world in many ways and, uh, and, and associate with and love. I have great heart and affinity for pastors. One of the reasons why we do this podcast, and we talk about a whole lot of things in the church world. Uh, I'm sad to say that personal holiness is not one of the main things, and I, and I think that that's one of the things God's looking for most. I think God's looking for the most. You can have a great platform and not be, hear me now, and not be the person that God would pick, and, and that's a weird thing that can somehow play out in our culture. You can have a great platform and everything look good. I'm not talking about that looking holy. I'm talking about a holy life. A life. I, I remember uh, being around a guy that uh, is a well-known pastor, and uh, I was around him. I got a couple different encounters with him. And, and every time I got closer to him, I admired him more. Every time I got closer to him, I thought, this guy has a real love for the Lord. When, the, when he's not in front of everybody, that he really cares for his wife and his children. And that, that played out. And then I, I knew guys that knew him even more, and they would just shout and declare that. So I wasn't surprised when God used him so greatly. I wasn't surprised. Last part, and the reason why those two things can be true for anyone, that you live righteously and that you walk blameless, is because of this. Noah walked with God. Noah wasn't a self-made man. He was merely a man that walked with God. And when you walk with God, guess what? You move toward righteous living. 
when you walk with God, you, you move toward a blameless life. Like God, that's the path that we walk. Walking with God moves people in the right direction. You want to be the kind of person that God can use to change the world? Walk with Him. Walk with Him. Bill, I, I think in, in our day, you know that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro, mm. looking for those that are living this way. Yeah, and, and these, the, these are the usable ones. Yeah. Honestly, and you know, you were talking about personal holiness. I've thought a lot about uh, it's easy for us to get into what I would call uh, professional holiness. Wow. And, and that's a guy that, for instance, let's use a pastor who, who lives like the world all week and then on Saturday night says, Lord, Lord you know, please forgive me and uh, give me a word for tomorrow. And he gets up and preaches and God may bless his word, but they don't understand the cumulative effect of holiness. If he had walked with God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what that builds in a man. If God knows he, uh, you know, I, I remember, I can't remember his Tozer or somebody said, you know what, what a man is in private before God is what he is and no more. <laughs> That's what we are, and and if we, and and God just wants to build that yeah. so that when the time comes for the Lord to say, okay, yeah. Noah, pick up the hammer, yeah. we know how to be obedient, yeah. and you know it took him years to build that ark, and we know how to live in obedience because yeah. he's he's lived that way before. We're we're uh, blessed in these podcasts to be able to hear some testimonies of men and women who've done this. Yeah. Our modern day Noahs, if you would. Yeah in their sphere who are changing their world. So listen to this uh, wonderful testimony. Well, hello, One Cry family. Uh, so glad you would join for the testimony portion of this One Cry podcast. And Bill and Kyle, you keep hitting home runs every single time. And I'm so grateful for the impact this podcast is having everywhere. I got some data just two weeks ago, I think it was, where it's now, um, uh, we have information that's been downloaded in 91 different countries. So it really is a movement type of podcast, and the whole One Cry initiative is a movement-oriented uh, work of God. Nothing that we could ever do to see what God is doing. Now, uh, often we have mentioned that revival spreads on the wings of stories, the wings of testimonies, that the fame of revival actually spreads the flame of revival. And I'm excited as I look at history and I see what God has done in the Great Awakenings, that one of the things, especially, well, actually all of them, are some pretty dramatic conversions. And I believe God does that as stories to give hope to others of what God can do with their friends, with their family, pastors, as you're listening, in your congregation. We've often said more can happen in 10 seconds of the manifest presence of God in 10 years of going to church otherwise. So revival is an extraordinary work of God, and in the midst of that, there are extraordinary stories of conversion. And I have a new dear friend uh, where I just heard his story recently, and I immediately thought, uh, we've got to let all of you in the One Cry family, especially pastors and leaders, to hear this story. Because I think it's just a picture of what God can do everywhere when his spirit moves. And so I love stories and in individual hearts because they're a vision to me of what God could do in mass numbers of people 
even in a nation like ours. So I want to introduce you to Nathan Sergio. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Byron. We're just going to talk today. Uh, we're going to converse about your story. Actually, it's God's story, right? Yeah, and it's a great story. And it's <laughs> been amazing to see what God can do in my life and what he can do in lives all around the world. So, Nathan, let's jump in. Uh, where did God find you? Uh, yeah, towards yeah. the end of that first part of your journey. Okay. So, yeah, I lived a, a good life for 30 years, good by the world's standards. Um, grew up in a Christian home, but never had a relationship with Jesus, never met the person of Jesus. Mm. So religion yeah. seemed to uh, be very distant and unimportant and impersonal. Sure. And I struggled with depression, anxiety from the age of 14 till 30 when uh, God mm. healed that for me. I, uh, I struggled with addiction to drugs. I drank a lot starting in college, um, smoked weed for about 10 years straight mm -hmm. nearly every sure. day. Mm -hmm. and drank pretty often and um, dabbled in much harder drugs, um, cocaine, ecstasy, mm -hmm. MDMA, pretty much anything yeah. I was offered, actually. Um, and, yeah, so God found this, uh, this person with a lot of different problems, a lot of different struggles, who was just kind of limping along and thought that he had everything under control. And by leaving my career and kind of making space and finding this desperation for him, um, he just reached out, and I encountered the person Jesus, and just turned everything upside <laughs> down. I love it. <laughs> he does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, has it been fun since then. Um, so at the time, I was planning to go to grad school to become a counselor, and then this was about November of 2020, and I immediately upon having this conversion experience, I realized there's nothing that I could do in my life that would be more important than bringing Jesus to people who don't have Jesus, the people who will live and die without ever hearing his name, without ever hearing the gospel. And so I wanted nothing more than to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ, to bring glory to God, and to make the kingdom of heaven present here on earth as much as I could. And so I dropped all of my other plans and started praying, Lord, where should I go? Send me anywhere. And for months, I prayed this every single day fervently. Lord, mm. send me somewhere. Wow. And I didn't hear an answer, and I started getting frustrated. So I was like, Lord, I am desperate to go somewhere, to yeah. bring the gospel somewhere. So I went off to this cabin in the woods and was listening to praise and worship music, sitting by a fire. For about six hours, I was alternating between crying out to the Lord, praising him, and just journaling my feelings, my thoughts. And as I was going through this cycle, about six hours in, I was writing in my journal just this desperate plea to the Lord. Lord, I want to make your name known. I want to serve you. Just tell me where to go. Tell me what to do, and I will do anything. And as I put a period at the end of that sentence, my hand, of its own accord, wrote Uganda and underlined it. It's great. And I knew that Uganda was a country. I'd heard of it, sure. I knew it was in Africa, and that was it. I had been thinking about going to Southeast Asia, really felt my heart pulling me in that direction. And suddenly my hand wrote Uganda. And I thought, that's, that seems like a pretty direct intervention. Yeah, so oh, yeah. um, within two months, I ended up um, in Uganda. And during that time, basically everybody I talked to, it seemed that they had some connection to somebody in Uganda, which was God just sure. affirming, sure. confirming over and over sure. that his hand was on this and that he was blessing this. I ended up spending eight months there. And during that time, I learned so much about not only the world, but about myself, my need for God, um, 
his personal love for me and just the importance of that relationship. And I grew, I grew a lot in, in all sorts of different ways while I was there. And one of the biggest things that happened while I was there was that my uh, medication started running low, my uh, anxiety and uh, antidepressants. And so after, I think it was about five months in, I stopped taking them thinking that generally I was feeling a lot better and I mean, <laughs> a lot right. better. <laughs> my life was totally different. Yeah, right. And so I thought maybe I don't need these anymore. This medication I've been yeah. on for 16 years. So I stopped taking it and there was absolutely no difference. And, and just as a, uh, a general contrast for 16 years of my life, I basically every day I woke up without seeing any reason for that day honestly wishing a lot of days yeah. that I hadn't woken yeah, up right. because I just didn't yeah. see a point and life was gray and even the best days were I felt this kind of like lurking sadness like today is good but not every day is going to be mm -hmm. good so tomorrow statistically is probably going to be a bad day and and now you fast forward to the last two years since I encountered Christ it's like every day has colors that I didn't even know existed. Wow. And it's just, the whole world is just so beautiful and bright. And I have all of this hope and joy. And every morning, as soon as I wake up, I just start praying to the Lord and say, Lord, it's another day. What are we gonna do today? How can I build your kingdom today, Lord? What do you have for me today? And there's this joy and this just desperation to serve God and to make his kingdom manifest here, to wow. be his hands and feet. And it's not out of this sense of, know servitude or or this feeling like I need to earn his love or anything it's just because I love him so much and he is so good that what else can I do with my day besides serve him and do whatever he has I mean, he has better plans than I do his thoughts are so far above mine I just ask him Lord what do you have for me today and that has brought so much joy into my life it's just been absolutely incredible then you've been on a journey. You went to Uganda. Mm -hmm. I think you went to Cuba, maybe? Yeah, I spent about eight months in Uganda and then came back, spent some time um, at home with my family around Thanksgiving, Christmas. And then I went to Cuba for a month um, in January. And, uh, and that was really hard. Um, Cuba is suffering a lot. In some ways, they're suffering more than, um, than the people I met in Uganda because at least in Uganda, they have this hope, this belief that they are on an upward trend and that life will be better for their kids yeah. and for their kids. And so they have hope and hope makes all the difference. Hope is everything. That's why yeah. Christ is so important yeah, because right. he gives us this eternal hope. And so in Cuba, I saw that people were looking at their lives and seeing that life had been better for their parents and for their grandparents wow. and their great grandparents yeah. and that they're on this downward trend and so that lack of hope was just crushing. And there was just this spiritual darkness there. As soon as I got off the plane, you could feel this nearly physical darkness on you um, because of just the evil that's happening there. And if I remember right, Nathan, you, uh, and I'm not wanting to put any thoughts or words in your mouth, but as I heard your story, you, you're, you're in the process of trying to determine what is it God does want, part of your calling, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, so maybe just touch on that as you're grappling with what God may want, any of the interests, or when I'll say interests, maybe a sense of what, you've seen God, I, I know you shared this with me, and I don't want to dwell on this, but literally use you to see physical healing in some people. You just sense God's power in you in multiple ways, of which that's just one, perhaps. And uh, But then also, I think I heard you say, you're just reassessing 
how your life could best be used for the kingdom. So could you chat with me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have seen God work in some really amazing ways. Um, there have been a few people that I've prayed with, prayed over, yeah. where the Holy Spirit just entered yeah. into that moment. Yeah. And I've seen healings of sure. you know, extreme back pain, um, mm -hmm. people who have regained vision. Mm -hmm. um, not full vision, not fully blind, sure. but just partial yeah. vision loss. And um, So God has done some really amazing things. And so through this, I've been just praying a lot about, Lord, how can I best be of service to you? What is my calling? Because I believe that all of us have, um, that God has paved a path for all of us, and that he has a specific calling, a specific thing for each one of us to do to best serve him, that we each have our own part sure. in his plan. And for a while, I was quite confident that I was meant to go overseas, and so I had been praying about that, and that's how I ended up in Uganda and Cuba. And um, recently, uh, I think it was around May of this year, God kind of flipped that for me and showed me that he wanted me to use that desperation I have for the gospel to be brought to these billions of people who are suffering and dying without hearing the gospel. That I'm just one person, but that my story, my testimony, my passion, my desperation can be used to bring people here in the U.S., to a real relationship with Christ, to bring revival to the church, and that through that I'll be able to impact millions of people, whereas by myself, maybe hundreds or thousands. And so that's what he's really put on my heart. It's wow. just this, this deep desire to get in front of and around as many people as possible and say, hey, wherever you're at with Christ, let's just talk about that and see if you're, if you're really engaging with him, if you're really living the life that God has called you to live, if you're living life according to what Jesus says in the Gospels right. and what the Acts yeah. of the Apostles mm -hmm. says, because that did not stop thousands of years ago. We are still called to this, this incredible life mm -hmm. of engaging with Christ, of engaging with the Gospel, and of bringing that boldly out to the world. And I think when people really take that into their heart and start living in that radical way, sure. It just transforms everything, and it makes life so much more fun, too. Not only are you serving God <laughs> yeah. and doing this amazing thing, but it really is exciting and enjoyable, too. Thank you, Nathan. And I just can't tell you how thrilled my heart, how it leaps when you, God has brought you to the place of what all of us, I think, that tend to listen to this podcast uh, believe in our hearts, and that is it begins with God's people uh, in the church. And when they encounter Christ and he becomes that real and that transformative in their heart, it's revival in the church results in spiritual awakening among lost globally even that then transforms culture. That's kind of the sequence that I see in scripture. I mean, that's Acts 2, really, the sequence. And I'm so glad you're such a, number one, thank you for being obedient to the Lord. I'm sure there were moments here as you were grappling, but once God got you, I see nothing but joy and life, and yeah. you made a little different twist on how your days look to you when you wake up the other day when I heard your stories. I wake up and I think, how can I glorify God today? Yeah. And I just love yeah. that. If we all woke up every morning, whether a pastor or whoever we are, and just say, okay, God, how can we glorify you and advance your kingdom, as you said today, what a difference that would make. So Nathan, thank you for joining us. Man, my heart is stirred every time I get to hear your story. Uh, 
And God is so faithful. He just reaches down in his mercy and rescues us all. So, Bill, Kyle, thank you so much. Um, another story and another fire in a heart that uh, is committed to a cause now and is going to use all of his relationships, as we know, these are indicators of movements of God historically, um, to be able to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank God you, bless you, brother. Well, that's a wonderful truth and a wonderful testimony isn't it? Of, of what God is doing in, in one life. And God wants to do that with all of us. I, I think, Kyle, there's no, you know, there's no uh, body that, that God says, well, I, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want you to walk with me. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got this for us if we'll just seek him with all of our right heart. Now. Like right now, just in mm-hmm. my heart, just thinking. God, I would just encourage somebody with this right now. Uh, the Lord sees you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you may, uh, some of us, this is the moment saying, Lord, help me live righteously, blamelessly, make some corrections, help me to come to places of repentance. But I just, I would just say this to somebody listening today. Hey, the Lord sees you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you might, by God's grace and the power of spirit has been living toward this kind of lifestyle. Well, get ready to pick up the hammer. Yeah. Get ready to pick, God's got work for you. Uh, work for you to do and that's the kind of things we want to always pray in right let's do that right now and yeah. why don't you yeah why don't you begin for it yeah lord i i just pray uh, for us and for all of our uh, listeners today uh, that you would show us lord the kind of life you're calling us to uh, mm-hmm. lord god that the kind of life that is above the line uh, lord god that is above reproach lord jesus that that lord you would make us usable and then use us Mm-hmm. God, that you you would change us and then allow us to be used to bring about change in the world, God. So we thank you for the example of Noah, and we're learning from him right now. Help us to apply it to our lives today. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I just I can't remember the exact wording of what you said on this verse, but uh, you said somewhere that if, if a guy can't run with a footman, right. what's he going to do in the day of battle? Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are preparing us every day. You're using us. If we walk with you, you're using us every day, but you're molding us. You're training us. You're taking us through experiences that will equip us. And then you want to use us, Lord, in ways that, that we, we would never dream uh, if we'll just walk with you. So I pray today, Lord, if we're walking in the other direction, we'd turn around. We just, we can, by the grace of God, Lord, we can repent. We can have a change of mind that turns us around. And I pray, Father, for all of us that we would repent from anything that is keeping us from being blameless, from being righteous, from walking with the Lord. And then, Father, however you want to use us, that's your business. But we would love to come to the end of our life and you look at us in the eyes and say, well done. You, you, you did. You walked with me, not perfectly, but you walked and I used you and uh, enter in now to eternity. So help us, Father, be used of you. We pray in your name. Amen. 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 Well, Kyle, what a, what a great study this is. Yeah, and, 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 and. I want to tell our listeners listeners to get ready because 
in a few weeks here, our wives are going to yeah. join us. <laughs> They're they, going to find and, out who really hears from the Lord. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. I hope they don't tell any stories. <laughs> but they're going to talk to us about some of the women that God yeah. used to change the world, and it's going to be really rich. So stay tuned and uh, share this with others, and we'll see you next time.